Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea and Dustin, and we are still in the Gospels. <laughs> still here, still stealing Chelsea's line. <laughs> Gonna get real old. <laughs> yeah. Is it still funny, guys? Write in the comments, let us know. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> LOLs. Ja ja. <laughs> um, are you gonna ask us what stuck out to us? Because I have a thing. Oh hey. Uh Dustin, what stuck out to you, man? <laughs> so rude. <laughs> you know, just that faith of that Roman officer just really stuck out. Oh man. <laughs> no, Chelsea, go ahead. That's <laughs> what actually I was gonna talk about. Um, As if I knew that. Of (laughs) course. The Roman officer story I love because he's a Gentile. I think to know that this man, this Roman officer who would have worshipped other gods up until this point, recognizes the deity of Jesus. um, And Jesus is amazed by by what he believes and what his faith is. I think that's so cool. And then, again, we talked about this. I talked about this with Eric a couple of days ago. But reading this as a Gentile... I'm always struck by like, I, it didn't have to be this way. And here I am in the kingdom of God. Um, but then Ryan, you pointed out that this is probably super offensive to Jews. <laughs> so I feel kind of bad sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of really interesting things in this passage, actually, because the the Roman officer is drawn to Jesus by his understanding of authority. Hmm. Like what, he, he comes to Jesus and is like, listen, you could just say that this should happen and it'll happen. And I know that because I tell my soldiers what to do and they do it. So he's like drawn by the authority of Jesus, which is actually something I feel like we don't talk about a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually what draws the the Roman soldier to Jesus is the fact that he can recognize that he has authority over all creations. Very cool. Uh, and then, yes, Jesus does proceed to say incredibly offensive things. <laughs> um, like, for example, Classic Jesus. <laughs> this guy, this, this, this is an oppressor, by the way. Like, it's very easy to read this and just be like, okay, Romans, whatever, like Romans are everywhere. It's, right. it's, this is actually like, and then Jesus said to the Taliban, like, 100%. that'll get your attention. Right. Like, that's so good. Yeah. Um, and wait, there's more. <laughs> and then Jesus said to the Taliban, this guy's more welcome in church than you are. Right. It goes both yeah. ways. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Like the disruption of the system. Yes. That this is for Gentiles, this is for Jews. And then it, it's like, oh, no, it cannot be that Gentile. <laughs> And also, right. this entire story is a distraction from his entire mission. This is like a side quest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, well, and, and again, as we saw from the Old Testament, Gentiles are part of the plan all along. Like, yeah. they, uh, people from every nation, every tongue, yep. all over the place are all going to come and worship God. And this is the beginning of that, mm-hmm. that Jesus welcomes them into the kingdom, which is really cool. Okay. Nerdy extra credit. Okay. Um, here we go. <laughs> in hopefully it's not a question. I'm no, for a statement here in Matthew. Um, th- so the stories are different. If you really pay attention, you'll notice they're different. And the difference is, uh, in one story, Jesus actually interacts face to face with the Roman officer. In the other account, uh, Jesus does not interact face to face with the officer. He ironically, the Roman officer sends people and they go. <laughs> yes, exercises authority. Um, so. Anytime I would say that you encounter something that's different, okay, it's important to look and ask yourself, is has the theology changed? Mm-hmm. So is the account different? Yes. Spoiler alert, these books were written by real people. They were carried about by the Spirit. 
Um, so really, yeah, (laughs) there you go. Um, so it's possible that somebody just missed a detail and wrote it down, but what is inspired is the actual truth about God. And so the truth about God between the two accounts is not any different. It's all about Jesus authority and his ability to create life and healing. Is this a good time to talk about gaps and discrepancies (laughs) in manuscripts? It sounds like you would like to. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, maybe I should since I brought it up. But like every time there is a discrepancy in these manuscripts, it's almost always punctuation or grammar or something like that. It never actually changes the truth of what happens. There's the theology is always spot on. Just if everyone, if someone's like, well, there's so many manuscripts and there's like one million, whatever. I don't know. I forget how many it is. Um, we have several thousand fragments <laughs> of the original New Testament. Right. 6,000 something. And how many discrepancies are there? 99.5% if you compare those 6,000 is accurate. And there is never any instance where the theology is opposite. Right. Um, it always comes down to punctuation because dummies like me wrote the stuff. Right. Or someone said... <laughs> the uh, scribes, not, not, someone the chemo- said- <laughs> not the ones who came up with it. <laughs> the ones who copied it. <laughs> or someone said like Jesus instead of Jesus Christ or like exactly. something like that. Exactly. So that's why we see differences. Also... Since we're going down this trail, um, things, down this things trail. <laughs> that things that we teach in high school and college about Roman history, Greek history, Persian history, we teach it as truth when we may have like two fragments or three copies. Right. And with the New Testament, we have six thousand, but we say it's not true all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually very crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does not hold academic sense, but that makes sense. I mean, it does make sense because the world is against what God's doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> that no, we got to keep it's going. It's really important. There's so that's much more good. stuff. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Can we please talk about Jesus and John the Baptist? Somebody, please. Ryan, take us there. <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> Are you sick of hearing me yet? <laughs> um, it's it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting passage. We have two accounts of it, right? This is Matthew and Luke as well. Yep. Um, and it it seems to be John the Baptist having a moment of doubt. Uh, John the Baptist is now in prison. Uh, we don't actually hear a ton about... We, we heard about him a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We're hearing about him less and less. Um, he's in prison. <laughs> and he, he literally <laughs> he literally is sitting in prison. Like, what if what if Jesus is not who I thought that he was? Understandably. Like, I get it. Is it understandable? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because, I mean, I guess if you sit and you think, like, man, if I could just see a miracle, then I would believe. Well, John the Baptist was miraculously conceived... Yeah. Um, well, he didn't see that. He was just like, I'm sure you heard about it. I hope. <laughs> he's probably happy you didn't see it. Um, he's also like, he he baptizes Jesus and the sky opens up and God's voice speaks out while the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. It seems important. Still don't believe. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few instances in the New Testament where we see all three pieces of the Trinity manifested. John Baptist right there in the center. And he's like, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> I, okay, okay, I, I understand that. But think about Elijah, who saw fire come down from heaven and burn up people. Yeah. And then he got went to a tree and got depressed. Like he was Yeah, like, well, like I mean, he, that's a lot of trauma. <laughs> that is a lot of trauma. I'm just, I'm just saying, like these men of God, who are not God, mm-hmm. experiences experience these moments of doubt, which I think provides a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. for like you and me. When we, fight, when we experience some moments of doubt, we're like, is God actually going to do what he says he's going to do? Is Jesus actually who he says he is? Um, Jesus has an answer for that, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. And what is that answer? <laughs> Tell us, Chelsea. Well, actually, I underlined the uh, verse that said, 
Jesus said, God blesses those who don't fall away because of me. He's telling John's disciples this, I think as like an admonishment slash exhortation to John, just like, hey, don't fall away. God's going to bless you. What do you think about that? Am I, I, really, right? I, Am I, I right when I say that? I just love how communication <laughs> works. <laughs> hey, you guys, go talk to him. <laughs> oh, that guy in prison? Yeah, tell him this. Stay strong. <laughs> I, I think my question is like, at what point... Um, I don't even know how to phrase this actual question, but it's like faith versus like firsthand experience. Like the things that we struggle with, these people are kind of struggling with it. And you see it over and over again with some people from the Bible, like Mm -hmm. Peter, like we talked about before of denying Christ. Mm -hmm. It's like, what more did you need? What more do you actually need? But yet we're right there too. Yeah. It's like, we've got this thing where it's like, I don't know if God is going to show up here and that is really terrible. And you just think like, why, what do you think happens in the afterlife? Oh, I'm going to heaven. No doubt. It's like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like processing through that processing through those things of faith versus like reality. But when the reality is faith, it's, it's just this mind just, what is happening and how can you believe and how can't you, but yet it's so applicable and we can all like see that in our own experiences. Yeah. And he, Jesus uses this opportunity to like, to teach the crowds. Um, I'm also kind of interested. I don't see it in this one, but I've saw it in the days before where it kind of separates into disciples, followers of Jesus and the crowds. So Jesus always has these like big group people. And as his ministry continues, we see, people falling away the crowds almost unanimously unanimously like don't believe jesus right they're just they're there for the entertainment (laughs) which is actually interesting because the crowds are the ones that are actually driven by the miracles like they're there because they want to get healed and for a lot of them it seems like their faith stops at the healing which Mm -hmm. is actually sad Hmm. i I always want to know the like now what now what happens to that person yeah yeah, well, what was the rest of their life like? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because they're living through a very tumultuous time, actually. Like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, not everyone is like like Lazarus, who was a friend of Jesus, and it's always interesting to me that Lazarus raised from the dead, but he also died eventually. Definitely died. <laughs> definitely died again. Yeah. But like, as far as we know, he he and Mary and Martha were committed followers of Jesus, even after those miracles. And this is extra credit, also. Like when <laughs> Lazarus died again. Do you think people are like, well, then he really wasn't healed? It's like, no. <laughs> oh, that's, good that's not a reason to doubt just because it goes away. Right. Like, <laughs> um, The other thing that we touch on in our reading is Jesus being anointed by a sinful woman is the heading. Um, what are your thoughts on that, you guys? I love this passage. I, I, I really resonate with... Um, verse 47, where Jesus is talking about gratitude and forgiveness. And he says, I tell you her sins, and there are many have been forgiven. (laughs) So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. That whole philosophy of gratitude and forgiveness. So essentially they both go up, they rise up at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if your gratitude is high, or sorry, if your forgiveness is high, your love or your gratitude is high. And I find that to be so true with 
um, people that can be bold in their relationship with the Lord and what they've been like delivered from are also bold in telling people about like what Jesus did for them because it's so personal. So in the same way, I really resonate with that where, man, this woman was so grateful because she was so forgiven of just so much. That's always sticks out to me in, in Luke. And then on the flip side, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but like for me, someone who's grown up a Christian almost my whole life um, and doing what I would call the right things and not really getting into trouble or anything like that, I struggle with self-righteousness and I struggle with gratitude for what Jesus did for me because I like being very transparent. Sometimes I feel like I didn't need to be saved for much. (laughs) But as I grow in my relationship with Jesus, as I get closer to him and experience just how holy he is and just how unworthy I am of salvation, that's when my gratitude um, and the understanding of my forgiveness and the weight of forgiveness really touches me. It's like when I get close to Jesus and I'm like, oh my goodness, kind of like, kind of like Peter, when he recognizes the deity of Jesus um, is like, get away from me. You're too holy. Um, Mm. that's kind of how I feel. I'm just like, but I'm so grateful to actually be able to be in your presence. There is a, there is a thought. It's not necessarily a proven truth, but there is a thought that this woman is actually Mary Magdalene Mm -hmm. and she remains with Jesus, the remainder of his ministry. And also is one of the first people to witness the risen Christ, Mm -hmm. um, which I, it's extra biblical. I don't know if that's actually who this is, but it's, it's kind of faith compelling to think about it that way. Um, that like it meant that much actually that it was like okay I'm I'm all in now mm-hmm. yeah really sticks in that way mm-hmm. also to follow him to the cross mm-hmm. not leave mm-hmm. like all the men did mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like literally all the men did right <laughs> yeah yeah um also with this story I just was kind of struck by the fact that this Pharisee has a name I don't know I just kind of wonder what his life was like after this too because. He's mentioned by name, and not a lot of Pharisees are mentioned by name. Uh, this Pharisee's inviting Jesus to dinner. That is a step yeah. above what the rest of the Pharisees are doing. It's yeah. Again, it's very like Nicodemus. He sought Jesus at night because it was very dangerous to be seen with Jesus. And so it is, it's sort of comical. Like he's inviting Jesus to his house for dinner for like special time with Jesus. And I'm sure he's like a little bit annoyed that someone just barges in and walk, <laughs> like, it's like, what? <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but he, so he's, he thinks to himself, like, how does he know what kind of woman is touching him? And Jesus answers his thoughts. I love, I when love Jesus, that. I love when Jesus answers uh, people's thoughts. I was watching. We actually all like, like uh, highlighted it or we're like, <laughs> we're like whoa, when we read it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he knows your thoughts. Can you imagine? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You know what, that what actually sticks out about that is that aligns with what we talked about a couple days ago of like, what leads you to sin? Hmm. Yeah. If Jesus knows your thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely true. And just Jesus knowing people's thoughts again, points to the fact that he is both God and man. Like, yeah, he has these qualities of God that he's able to know people's thoughts, which is so scary. The disciples are probably like all the time. Like that, That's actually what makes his ministry compelling. What are they think about? It, it's not some magical thing that just happens at t- certain times. Yeah, like yeah. he knows everyone's thoughts at all times. He still chose to do the things that he did. So crazy. Oh, I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around. It means every time that Peter was sitting there thinking, I'm on the fence about this guy. 
Seriously. <laughs> it's it's also, I think, why Jesus can talk so boldly at like his healings. Yeah. And recognize what faith is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Usually we just think that's like the outside action when he's like, your faith has made you well. Go and sin no yeah. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's actually like knowing your thoughts, I think, means like he can judge your heart. He's too. seeing the whole picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Jesus is so cool. <laughs> Jesus, I love I you. I love Jesus. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening to Andy Godsell's story. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those of who the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Luke 7, starting in verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all these things to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to him and asked him to come heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to this house, they found the slave completely healed. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people this day. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Matthew 11, 1. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his twelve disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we be looking for someone else? Jesus told them, 
Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to all the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he's more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer to when saying, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets in the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Luke seven eighteen, The disciples of John the Baptist told John everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he's more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John, but the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, and they had refused John's baptism. To what can I compare the people of this generation, Jesus asked? How can I describe them? They are like children playing a game in the public square. They complained to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance, so we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. Matthew eleven twenty. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles, because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. 
What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you were done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, these people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will be down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would have still been here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off in judgment than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to be the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden that I give you is light. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know that this kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man who goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. 
You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.